Welcome to the Cryptocurrency Teens podcast, a podcast aimed to educate teens on cryptocurrency and financial literacy. Each episode features thought leaders in the crypto and blockchain industry or inspiring entrepreneurs from the business world who share their career journeys and words of wisdom for teenagers. I'm Abigail Lee, the host of this podcast series, the founder of CryptocurrencyTeens.com and a junior in high school from New York City. For this episode, I'm excited to interview Jonathan Libby, founder and CEO at Steady State Finance. John is the CEO and founder of Steady State, a DeFi insurance protocol inspired by blockchain's transformative power to impact global financial systems. Hi, John. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. So, John, I see that you are the founder and the CEO at Steady State Finance. Can you tell us more about your company and your role? Yeah, so I am the um, one of the founders and uh, the CEO of Steady State. Kind of what Steady State really is is it's insurance for protocols in the De- industry of DeFi and fintechs for DeFi exposure. Currently, how the market works in insurance and DeFi is you and me are responsible for insuring you know our our exposure to protocols. So if I want to use Curve and Curve gets hacked and the money stolen, I get hurt. Uh, but there's no way for the protocols to work to protect their communities. And so we're just building a solution simply for protocols to start protecting their communities, making it safer for all people, and hopefully um, bringing DeFi into the world. Um, so could you explain a little bit more about how this technology works in protecting information for um, like a teenage audience? Oh, uh, so I know as a teenager, uh, when I was in the space, I was always, always looking to try to explore new things. And I was a big finance nerd and tech nerd. So if I think about as a, you know, say my parents give me a hundred dollars to let me use the stuff because they want me to explore and I lose that money. I'm like really stressed. Um, I, uh, if I ever lost it, say investing in say options and stock markets, I'm like, oh no, what do I do? Well, what's awful is I put that money, say in a protocol and I get attack totally out of my control it feels like um you know messed up or anything you don't you want your parents to get mad at you um, that was why i think i was scared about when i was around that age and and so i think uh you think about teens and DeFi, what steady state does for them is uh you know, you know if they want to use the protocols they want to explore and see what the future looks like for them when they actually start in the world of finance or these careers uh they can do it in a more safe manner where protocols will start protecting them rather than they can lose all their money and it's gonna be brutal that's kind of like a big thing. Right. So why did you decide to found Steady State Finance? Um, so for me, I, I chose to found Steady State simply because it was an opportunity that was presented to me uh, to be a part of the space of crypto and DeFi. For me, since I was young, I've always wanted to judge how much of an impact that can make it a positive impact on the world. It's always been big for me how big of a difference I can make for those around me and the people around me. And so basically what Steady, when I was offered the opportunity to build my own protocol, be built, found my own kind of financial business, I got very, very excited because again, I want to dedicate my life and my career to making a better world for everyone around me. And I think in my opinion, um, I decided as I got older that the best way I could really help people is by solving their money problems. And money problems, I think, are some of the biggest problems that cause many other problems in the world. And so I thought DeFi is a solution to solve a lot of people's money problems. And if I can do anything to bring DeFi forward in the space, it made a lot of sense to me. So it, it meant my passion as a young person where I want to make as positive an impact as possible on the world, while also at the same time um, 
being uh, being involved in the space but solves a problem I think are important to me, and that is financial equity for any people across the globe. And DeFi brings that. So that's kind of what brought me to do steady state kind of business. Is that it matched my passions with my goals of making a better world. So how does DeFi help with, um, as you just said before, like allowing everyone to have like equal access in terms of money? So um, first of all, not necessarily steady state does that. Um, DeFi does that. So I know, you know, in Turkey, uh, we don't think about this much, but the Turk in Turkey, their uh, their in currency inflated by forty percent. Can you imagine parents or friends having a hundred dollars and suddenly a hundred who are living paycheck to paycheck, and that hundred dollars are suddenly worth only sixty dollars? That's incredibly brutal on how you can live and how you can try to achieve things. And a lot of countries are exposed to that across the world. And so kind of what, that's what DeFi does. And one thing that's holding DeFi from helping more and more people with their capabilities of solving these kinds of problems like currency inflation and supply side shock and all these other complex topics is people being scared about whether or not this industry is safe. And if I can help make the industry safer and better for everyone across the world, world no matter where they are, then that's how my project makes DeFi and helps solve financial equity is it makes the tools to bring that better for everyone else. It makes them more accessible and safer for everyone. Right. So um, does your company have um, any products that help with this, specifically this issue? Yeah. Um, you know, we're building the products right now and we'll be launching those products in Q1 2022. Um, basically, we're creating insurance for the protocols. Uh, and that's kind of the big product we're doing to help solve that problem is, is controlling the risk that you're exposed to by getting the protocols to assure themselves. And that's the products we're building right now. There's currently no market or um, there's a big market with no products in the industry to actually build this model. And so there's a real opportunity to innovate the space and really build that opportunity. So if we build this, we make the industry safer for everyone and make it better for people like you and me to actually be involved or active and feel safe. And that's kind of the big goal we have here. And we're building one of the first products and we're very, very excited. Yeah, that does sound really exciting. So how did you first get into the crypto or blockchain industry? And more specifically, why did you decide to focus on DeFi? One of my teachers, uh, so I always heard about crypto and DeFi, you know, like you did. We all heard about it back in 2017, like what's a Bitcoin? Uh, but I, I kind of fell in love in the space in 2019, the fall of 2019. One of my teachers was building a DeFi protocol. And I was like, first of all, what a great experience that is. He's building one of the best DeFi protocols in the industry. And he was my professor. I'm like, what the heck? But I got to learn under this guy. And basically, he uh, he was one of my first introductions to how powerful and how much of a better world this place could be. And, you know, everyone looked at what he did and laughed. And I was thinking I was like the only student that looked at it. The thing he did, I was like, wow, this is actually really interesting. But I, I was too scared or timid to admit it to everyone. Like, I think he's brilliant. But he really was. And, and so um, that was like my first introduction to crypto and DeFi. And the reason why I believed in it is because I think a lot of our centralized institutions treat, um, and the, the, the more power they get, the more unfairly they treat people. And I, I don't like these institutions, what they do. I think, you know, interest, uh, I think the current institution, the world we have is a losing game for people. And the younger we are, especially us, it's even worse for us than it was for former generations. And the way to make it a better world and a more fair world for everyone is to remove the intermediaries, move these systems that are making things unfair for us. And so that was where my focus was, is why I chose DeFi, is DeFi at its core 
um, it runs on autonomous code. There are no more intermediaries trying to make situations work for us. And we just work with each other on automated fair systems and, and run that run on code rather than people building the rules, you know, such as like banks. And there's an opportunity for us to do that. And so why I chose DeFi is um, my own actually my real first exposure to crypto and DeFi. Now I love DAOs and NFTs and I love all these things. But, you know, that is what really drove me is these, a lot of these systems currently are unfair and it's going to get worse for year and I generation. And I want to make, be a part of the solution and not the problem. And so when I had an opportunity to choose, do I go work in finance for the banks or do I go build the better future for us? Immediately, I'll take less money. I'll take less fame. I'll take whatever it is to build the better future because I know it's a better choice for everyone. Yeah. So how would you explain what, like what DeFi protocols are um, to someone like yeah. a So um, I'll tell you what, I, uh, I thought I knew a lot more about finance than I actually did when I was in high school. And it's really important to start learning about these things, how they're going to work. But here's how finance, we think, here's how finance works. And I know it's, this gets, this statement gets more and more true. The older I get, the more I figure things out. We have this idea about how finance works, okay? How these banks do things and all these other things. And the more you learn about them, you realize they do nothing like that. They want you to think they do things one thing and then they like make it really complex, but it's really simple and actually not actually that hard. And they hide how they do things. Um, DeFi takes everything these financial systems do and they make it run on transparent automated code. So you think the world works a certain way. Okay, you think finance works this way, but in the back office, it works completely different. This works exactly how it tells you it's going to work, and it runs on the automated code. And that's why I think DeFi is going to disrupt all the banks and all these different systems, is they just run on all these different, they run exactly how we think they're going to run, and we can see transparently. What this allows is for innovation for young people like you and me to see how they work and say, I see exactly how it works. And I think it can work better and offer new solutions that actually proposed and be built versus in the current system, they don't want it to get better. They want it to be complex and you think it works one way and hide it different. And when you simplify it and want to look at it and simplify it, they'll kind of like, no, we want to ignore you because this works for us. And rather this, it runs on autonomous code. It just runs on the system and we can look at it and be like, here's where we can make it better here, here, and here. And, and that's, why, that's why I think DeFi is better than all the other systems. And so what protocols are, are simply that. It's these financial systems that run on this autonomous code and that do everything these banks do. And that's the difference. And the protocols, you and I have access to making it better. We can propose better solutions and we can bring in different code. We can learn the code and offer a better solution with our own code. Versus in the banks, if we try to do that, they'll get mad at you. They'll ignore you or they'll, or they'll take everything you do and say, you're smart, but let's teach you how to do it our way rather than the innovational way. And that's kind of what DeFi, like what like DeFi protocols are, the autonomous code versus banks and how they really separate from the current financial market. This one builds innovation and allows young people to act equal to everyone around them, no matter their skill set, as long as they're willing to be innovational, willing to learn, versus this system wants to hold, like doesn't want you to be as innovational unless it's the way they want it to be. And so I think it's just a brand new paradigm, a brand new culture that we have easy and early access to. We can be make a difference when they're very young. And that's what DeFi protocols are and why I think they're valuable. <laughs> you mentioned um, the future of these protocols and new improved ones. So what do you see in the future of DeFi? I think the biggest future in DeFi, um, I, I think it, it's different. I think for first world countries, the um, you, we, a lot of first world countries, you know, I think for them, it's investing money is very important to them. 
So when you invest money, I think DeFi is going to offer the highest rate of return uh, for these guys. So they're going to put a lot of money in this long term, be the highest rate of return naturally, because there's no um, banks or bias taking money um, on the side. But for like third world countries, there's a whole new value add. Where, like I said, you know, the massive currency inflation, 40%, that stable coins can solve that solution. Or there are a lot of corrupt banks that have no regulation authority, even in third world countries. This automated system with no banks is going to redo everything they do. And we're going to, it's going to be more efficient and build a better system for everything. So like where I see DeFi going is it changes per area. I think it's going to be applied really, it's going to help a lot of third world countries move up very quickly and evolve very quickly to the other first world countries because now they have access to equal systems that everyone has access to across the globe. For people in America, it's gonna, it's gonna boom similar to like the internet bubble or the dot-com bubble because we're gonna throw a lot of money long-term into this to try to get those high returns. So the technology I think is gonna be really implicative and really valuable in, in how we see applied technology like in third world countries. And for, you know, it's gonna help third world countries be exactly first world countries and it will matter less where someone lives, which is the most beautiful thing. You know, you should be judged by how much you're willing to learn, how much you're willing to grow and how hard you're willing to work. Like you doing a podcast, trying to learn as much as possible and get exposure. You shouldn't, it shouldn't matter where you live or where you're from to be able to do all these things. And, and this is what it's going to do for DeFi. It's, it's going to change the narr narrative in the future. I think about where you live, it doesn't matter. You have equal access to everyone in the world. And it's going to be beautiful in my opinion. Yeah, I think everything that you're doing is so great. So as you already know, our target audience are teens around the world who are interested in crypto or blockchain. Do you have any advice you would give them about entering this industry in the future as a career? Get started. Nerd out. I don't care if you're in high school, junior high, or in college. Get involved with some DAOs, get involved with some protocols, and just start learning. All my knowledge in DeFi did not come from me uh, reading the Wall Street Journal or, or sitting back and, wow, that's cool. I can't wait to do it. I just got involved. You can build an account. You can literally join and just get active. It is no one cares how old you are. You only provide value. And so that's really the most important part now, I think, is just get involved and learn the space and learn DeFi. There are these 15-year-olds, okay, who built an NFT business and now it's like a billion-dollar company. What the heck? This industry doesn't care. If you want to provide value, you'll, sorry about that, you'll provide value. And, 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 and so I would just say get involved, learn, and think about what value can I produce? Because I guarantee you it'll pay you back in ways your parents will never, ever even think is possible. And you'll look at them and be like, hey, mom, I can retire you in 25, you know, and they'll be like, what? It's going to be amazing. Um, okay. So for the high school juniors and seniors who are deciding which colleges to apply to, do you think that it's necessary to go to college to learn more about crypto or blockchain and um, and what backgrounds and I'm sorry, what majors do you think are important? To be honest, uh, I, my major, I don't think majors, I, the major I picked was finance and financial economics. I believed money runs the world and I wanted to know how the world works. I felt learning how money works was very important to figuring out people. Um, whatever major, I think the most important thing you should learn, no matter where you go, is understanding how people work and how the world works because people are in it. So any degree that helps you understand that, it, it works. Um, what I would suggest for like majors, uh, either you gotta leave understanding people and be able to really apply your knowledge on people and really apply it, or you got to have a get a hard skill and uh, learn people naturally, like uh, like accounting, such as uh, you know computer science or you know STEM like physics. 
if you can combine a knowledge of people with a hard skill, you can take those ideas if you're willing to be very creative and transform it to new systems. And when you look, take your background, your skills, looking to get involved in this industry, you can, you, you, it allows you to understand people and how things work with a hard skill. You can take that hard skill and be creative and transform it to a new need for more people. I think that's the best way to do things. Um, and more importantly than a hard skill is you can always learn a new hard skill, um, which is really important is learning how to understand how people work and moving on from there. If you can build work around people, you can do anything. So any major, I'll be do that. Yeah. What was your own experience getting into this industry? Did you encounter any challenges, obstacles? <laughs> I looked at the industry and I thought it was impossible for me to get in right out of college. I called recruiters and told them I have offers of some of the most prestigious companies in the world. Um, but I want to work in this industry. And all of them looked at me and said, you're too young. You don't have what it takes. You have no value to add. And that made me very, that kind of hurt, but I accepted it. Okay. I decided I had no value to add immediately. And then what's kind of ironic is the people that bet on, but I, um, that wasn't true. Um, I was actively committed to a lot of DAOs and a lot of DeFi communities, constantly trying to contribute value, making posts. And eventually kind of what happened is I met a co-founder at a very, very big fintech startup with a lot of DeFi exposure. Um, and through my working in these different communities and just being active and involved, I met one of the co-founders at Yield App. And because I was my people skills and my willingness to try to be innovational, and the industry, which I saw in the communities, they were willing to take a bet on me to build a really good solution for them and their business. And so far, it's been very positive on both sides. Um, I was told a lot by people around me that I was that I was not experienced enough, I was not smart enough, and I wasn't good enough to be in the industry I want to be in. But by me actively choosing to be involved naturally and just be a part of the community, these DAOs, these different communities, ironically, I was able to step out of college and I'm providing a lot of value to the industry already. And how, what I, because I was willing to be innovational, better myself and work hard. So when should you start? Um, how do you get involved? It's, it's now. Um, ignore the people, ignore the noise, and just pursue it. And it sounds ridiculous to tell me to saying this, but it's really true. It's, um, this wouldn't have been possible if I wasn't involved in these communities. I'd be working at some dumb consulting job, questioning my life or a product manager role in investment banking and being like, I'm only doing this to get involved with DeFi. But Again, I, I chose to be involved with DeFi now and people looked at me, saw the value of providing a bet on me. And that's how you do it. And that's how you know in the space is just to get involved. There are DAO communities. No one cares about what you are. If you're providing value, provide value. People will see that and eventually they'll bet on you. And that's the big thing about getting involved in the industry in the space. Um, you know, you sh it's crazy to be a senior in college recent and being hired to build insurance solutions for a billion dollar industry. Um, hundred billion dollar industry. That's, but that's because I was providing value and just getting involved early. And that's how you really build value in the space and get involved. That's my opinion. Um, that's my experience. I think that's true for a lot of people. Is is you just got to start doing this stuff. Let your passion guide you. Ignore the noise. Do you think having um, practical experience working in the finance sector could be helpful to being successful in? Absolutely. Um, so I, I worked, you know, I, I worked in Wall Street, um, you know, I interned in Wall Street when I was in college for three years and uh, being in Wall Street. But, you know, wherever you try to go to school, wherever you try to go to school, get involved wherever you are, whatever you're trying to learn, just try to get involved in the industry exposure as much as possible. Um, one of the best advice I got while I was in college was life is a buffet. 
when I was in high school, my senior year, um, looking at different schools, one of my mentors sent me down and he said, you're about to enter what he called the buffet stage of your life. A lot of people go into college and they say they want to have fun, they party, but they still focus on one thing. And they graduate, realize they're still focused on one thing, they realize they didn't want to do it. Rather than focusing on one thing, try to get as many experiences as possible and just try the buffet. Rather than just go for all like the mac and cheese at a buffet, you know, you get a plate, you look at the chicken, you look at the green beans and mac and cheese and just take a little bit of each, try it. And after you tried it all, by the time you reach your senior year, it's been three years just trying everything. After your fourth year, or then your fourth year, you know by which food you prefer at the buffet. And just to do that. And that's kind of what I do is what, you know, I, I worked in um, government. I, I, I for the US Senate, I worked in finance. I worked on a million years in finance. I worked in tech. I worked in uh, marketing. I did a lot of different things while I was in college. And, and, and I, I, no matter where I was in, I made a commitment to work my butt off. So like I, I, I joined a marketing firm and then I became like a project manager in two months running Ozzy Osbourne's, working involved with Ozzy Osbourne's marketing. Like, or when I was in insurance, I, I joined an insurance company as an intern. And then at some point I'm a, I'm a co-founder in a high net worth networking company. And I'm like, what the heck? Because I worked my butt off where I was at. I tried to provide value, saw that. And they wanted me a part of their project, wanted to be part of their teams. I'm getting offers for equity at companies in college just because I'm working my butt off. And eventually I knew DeFi and crypto was, uh, was where I wanted to be. It, it kind of capped my exposure to, to you know, um, I didn't realize how passionate I was about the space either until, um, which I loved it, where someone called me and said, you know, my government tried to like, my, my local government tried to invest in crypto and a bunch of people scammed them. And I'm thinking like, is this space is awful. I'm like, you know, this space is the future. And I just came out out of my head. I'm like, wait a second. They're like, what? And I'm like, you actually did that? Like, oh yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. I didn't realize how much I like this space. And, but I found what I wanted the buffet. I tried a million things and I kind of wouldn't choose for that. When it comes to my finance experience, I just dove into finance. I dove into alternative finance, bonds, real estate, insurance, you name it, I tried it. And, and it was because I wanted to learn about it, I wanted to understand it, and I pursued it. If you're in the buffet period of life, pursue the buffet. If you think DeFi and crypto is now, dive in, treat it like the buffet. Okay, great. And, and But if you want to try something else, go ahead and try something else. Life is about exploring and trying to see what best fits you and pursue that. And I think I think that's everything. I think that's where we all need to be. And I think that's where the stages of the young teams, college is valuable. It's not because of the degree you get, it's because of everything you're trying to expose to. College is a sandbox. And that's what it really is. Build the castles, build the forts, build whatever you want in the sandbox, build the people, like do what you want and, and try the buffet, try the chicken, try the green beans, you know? And then when you get there, when you find what you want, that one food, the, the mac and cheese balls, let's say, Fill your plate up with that. And, and that's what college is. So if you go to college, if you don't know what you want to do, that is fine. Go to the sandbox and try everything. That's why college is there. Um, it's not there for your degree, ironically, in my opinion. It's there for you to just try things and be the best wherever you are. Sorry, that was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really great. Um, so aside from being hardworking, do you have any advice for young adults um, who are beginning to start getting into working and stuff like that? Do you have any advice for how to become successful in their jobs and their careers? Listen to people. So your journey is your journey. Um, hard work makes you someone that people want to mentor. Um, but your journey is your journey. Um, listen to everyone. Every, try to get as many mentors as possible you think you want to learn from. Take their advice and just listen to them. 
listen to what they say. And, but here's what they say. They'll tell you a lot of things. Eventually your goal is to listen to these people and listen to people you want to listen to. But eventually your goal, as you develop your ability to listen, learn, and like pick what you want is to take their, what they give you for advice, challenge it in your head, and then figure out what they actually send to you is actually valuable. And what does not apply to you and applies more to them. Eventually, I think it's hard work and learning to figure out what's good advice and what's bad advice. And, and when you, you have to find a lot of good mentors and these good mentors are still guilty of giving you bad advice. A lot of my mentors, I used to listen to very well and they're good guys and great mentors. They aren't giving me a lot of great advice. That buffet advice came from that mentor, one of those mentors. But what also I've heard of that guy is his journey is not my journey. And his advice is only as good as I'm going to make it. And that advice is only as valuable as I think it is to my journey. So it's learning to work hard and be someone that people want to mentor. And that's what comes to working hard. And when you get mentored, learn to take advice you can give, think about it, interact with it, and pick and choose what's valuable for you. And that's the second. And you can only get that by listening and thinking very critically about what is said to you. That is the most, one of the most valuable things I think is, is really true. And I think one thing we're always taught is to work hard. But when people give advice, pick what's true for your journey. And that's the one thing I had to learn real quick is a lot of people give me a lot of voice, advice. A lot of people tell me a lot of things. It's only, you have to learn to do it, but eventually you got to learn to think it's just noise. Take the noise, pick and choose what's true for you and what your journey is and what matters to you and pursue like pursue that knowledge and discard the rest. And that is the most valuable thing about a mentor is not taking everything they say, is going to only take what's valuable for you about what they say. And that's the two biggest advice I can give to someone, a young adult. Yeah, so do you have any advice for teenagers who are looking to learn more about crypto or blockchain, specifically the technical nature of DeFi or, you know, just the crypto industry in general, because um, it could be kind of difficult learning about this, especially as you mentioned with like the coding aspect of DeFi. Well, first, when it comes to coding, oh God, I, I'm a self-taught coder. I, I just went on YouTube and just started teaching myself to code. I I, I, I taught myself as much as linear algebra and mathematics so I could do machine learning. Um, I like I only went as far as I needed to to get what I need to know. Um, when it comes to learning to code, oh God, I would start just if you know learning how to code, start with like the Harvard intro course is what I started with. The Harvard is public and available for anyone. Harvard Learn to Code is like a really good series to just learn natural coding. And it starts with something called C coding. Um, but you move from there and it's really, really valuable. I know a lot of great people start with that one. It helped me a lot. From there, moving into solidity and all these different kinds of concepts. Um, I think it's just watching, for me, it's watching YouTube videos and then literally trial and error and just trying to build things. I, I spent so much time bashing my head against a wall thinking I'm writing this code according to a YouTube video and I'm writing it wrong, but I'm trying to copy them verbatim. And like, that sounds crazy, but it's like, it's actually kind of true. Um, just learn to code and, and do, I think the YouTube videos are great. And then take what you learn from the YouTube videos and then apply them to try to read the industry what you not want. C, I think is, or Python are one of the best languages to start with. Cause C, it seems like everything is based off the C language. And when you learn that, it starts to translate everything else very well. And Harvard starts with that one. And um, I, I'm not gonna go against Harvard. Uh, and with their ability to teach people how to learn. Um, but it's a very solid course and it's free for everyone. I think rather than trying to learn crypto coding, learn coding and then just apply it to crypto. And that's what I did. I, my, you know, after I learned how to code, my first thing was how did I build my own token just for fun? My, I built the Yeehaw coin, um, Yeehaw just for fun. And, uh, you know, just to say I can give away Yeehaws to people. It's a joke in my head. 
but it's just learning how to do things fun like that that really taught me to learn code. Um, my goal with code, by the way, was not was only learning enough to know how it works and know what's possible and what's not possible with code, just like accounting. I knew I wanted to be the, the ultimate generalist. So when it comes to accounting, I am not a deep accountant, but I know how accounting works and I can read a book. I can read the accounting books to figure out what goes on. And that was my view. And that's why they're for coding. When it comes to deeper knowledge, it just takes hours of dedication after that to really dive into master your craft. Yeah, and just a side note, how did your Yeehaw coin do? I mean, I didn't distribute it. I, uh, oh. I just kept it. I just kept it to me. I'm just like, I got a Yeehaw coin. Heck yeah! There's like, oh. like ten of them. There's like ten of them chilling, and I'm just like, I just have them all in one of my wallets, just chilling these Yeehaw coins. And uh, um, I don't know what I'm ever gonna do with them. But I, I looked at, uh, I thought about making my own personal coin distribute where if you had a Yeehaw, you get like XYZ hours of my time. But that'd be kind of funny to do that. Just well, why it. haven't you distributed them? I think that could I be- I don't know what to do with it. I just, I did it for fun just to teach myself to code the coin. Um, I do want to do something with it later. Um, I, think, I think it's a hilarious meme of coin a Yeehaw. So I, I want to give it away sometime to someone to actually give some kind of value. But I think it'd be like some kind of a value of actually mentorship or like you get like hourly calls with me like once a week or something like that. And you get like, I'll give out like 10 of these and people can trade them around. Who wants like, who wants an hour of John's time? I don't give a yeehaw. I'll give you $10 for one yeehaw. Something like that. Yeah, if <laughs> you ever, one. if you ever decide to give them out for like free, you know, you should just give me one. I don't know what I would do with it, but. Yeah, you, I you, would. You, you get an hour of my time with that. You know, you, you can talk about, we can talk about crypto all the time for the hour. I'd be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really, that sounds very enjoyable. Um, so did you have any um, specific colleges to recommend to study either coding or crypto or blockchain? Um, you know, for block, I mean, um, I don't really know. I, I taught myself crypto and DeFi myself personally. Uh, I would think for universities, I would say, in my opinion, um, when it comes to blockchain, the case, I don't know where all these different universities stand with blockchain. I would say the king of blockchain, in my opinion, seems to be MIT. I think they probably built the most. Um, so, I mean, you could probably find more blockchain courses. Overseas blockchain courses would be very valuable. Um, for, for DeFi, I would say Duke, in my opinion. In my opinion, Duke owns DeFi. They are, building the most, they are doing the most research papers on DeFi. A lot of the founders, um, I've noticed for a lot of startups and a lot of VCs have all come from Duke which is kind of odd to me, but it means there's a big powerful presence there. A lot of the founders I meet, a lot of the most inspirational people who have built some of the most impressive projects are all Duke. So I think Duke has a handle on DeFi. Um, with crypto, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I have a feeling Stanford and all those areas are probably going to be on blockchain. When it comes to finance and DeFi and crypto, I, uh, you know, I have no idea um, overall. I know like I was the most innovational person like mind in DeFi at my university because I wrote a paper on Bitcoin, which has nothing to do with DeFi. Um, which shows where my university stood. Uh, but I mean, I, I think it changes. I I don't know, to be honest, but that's my kind of views. I think Duke owns DeFi, MIT, or Stanford own blockchain technology. Um, that's the best I can give you. Sorry if that's not great. No, that's really interesting, actually, because we've had other guests on the show, and none of them have really mentioned Duke as a potential um, university to kind of learn more about DeFi. Oh yeah, I think it's uh, this is from my experience. Everyone I've met, I've, I've Sequoia partners, Dragonfly, VCs, like everyone I met who's involved with DeFi. I think about like thirty to forty percent of them come from Duke, 
And I think there's something going on there. You know, you meet all these other people. It's like, I went to XY University in Pennsylvania or California or in Japan. And you meet these like 20, 30% of people, I think, honestly, are from Duke. There is something going, and you look at the most research papers being written out for DeFi, it's Duke. There is something going on there that I don't know what, but there is something going on there where they're building a massive DeFi present that no one is talking about. And if you people at Duke, ask them, ask many professors are talking about DeFi. You go to MIT, how many people are talking about DeFi at MIT? Very few. Duke, yes, a ton. It's weird. I don't understand. That's really interesting. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there, but it's working. It's working good. <laughs> so do you have any other additional advice for teens regarding the crypto or blockchain industries? It could be safety advice or really any words of wisdom that you would like to share. Um, you're, you're a kid. Everyone's going to tell you you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're thinking. You got to bet on yourself, you know, uh, you listen to the mentors, take as much advice as you can, but you, you know, you're still forming your beliefs. Um, if you don't know what you need to do yet, really fully enjoy the buffet, go to school. Um, but crypto and DeFi, it, it does not discriminate. It does not treat you like a kid. You can provide as much value as I want. Um, there was a project, an NFT project, and a bunch of 15 year olds built a billion dollar company um, just because they could. It's this is the industry in the space in crypto where it doesn't matter how old, how old you are, how, how young you are. If you're willing to get active, whether in a DAO, NFT project, a community, they will, it, it, they will treat you like an equal and they will try to, and they find out you're young, they will try to invest so many resources into you. It will be ridiculous. I think crypto and DeFi, a lot of people tell you you're young, you don't know what you're talking about. Ignore the noise, bet on yourself and just learn and get exposure. And if you don't fully know what you want to do, enjoy the buffet. And, and that's the best advice I can give anyone in this space, in, in this industry or in general. If I took the advice for everyone I wanted to, I would be at Ernst Young or McKinsey or um, some of these managed consulting firms or Morgan Stanley Investment Banking, hating my life, working 20 hours, getting working a, a dumb job. But now I'm working 20 hours still, but I'm doing what I love. I'm getting paid less, which is not great, but I'm getting paid great at the same time for the average. It's like... I, I get to do what I love. I'm passionate and, I, and, I'm, and my upside is way higher. If this project's successful, because I bet on myself, my opportunities, my upside is way higher. You know, I, my goal is to retire my grandchildren. My goal is to retire my parents. And, and this, is why, this is the avenue I can do that personally. And it's because I was willing to bet on myself. You got to like get the knowledge, get involved and bet on yourself. And it's just your ability to work hard. And, and that's what I'd say about young people. It's learning how to think. And learning how to work hard are like the two most important things. And mentors and, again, exposure is going to teach you to do that. That's my best advice to young people. And that's what I did. Um, people will disagree with some of the things that I came through. But my, my views are like, in the end, I pursued what I loved. And that's what matters. And that's what you got to do, too. Um, and my love and passion is, what is the positive impact I can make on the world? How many people can I help in a positive manner? And DeFi is my opportunity to do that. And if I can make my impact on the world here, I'm here every day. This is really inspiring. Um, I would say from my perspective, as someone who's like a young person, I think a lot of the times success is kind of like determined by um, how much you're getting paid or like the flashy job title you have at which corporation. I mean, I'm only I'm only a junior in high school, so obviously I have not started working yet, but I I know people in college and it's even now it's all about what brand name college you go to and stuff like that so 
So I definitely see, I, I think that this advice is very like different and it's very useful and helpful. You know, if you can get, going to a good college or getting a good title, it says something about it, okay? It says something about your ability to go out and earn something. Building this company, it shows my ability to go out and earn something. You building out and getting to a university says you can earn something. In life, what I'm trying to teach you is hard work, take good advice, is to earn something, but earn something for yourself. And, and to make sure if you're going to get those titles, you're getting that for yourself. If you want to go to that big university, make sure you get it to yourself. For me, um, you know, I guarantee you, if I was in the right mindset at a, young, at a younger age, I would have gone to Harvard. I know I got, I got you know, I had a 3.9 GPA and I was getting a lot of pushes to transfer there. Um, but I, I didn't believe in myself enough back when I, when I first actually started. And if, if, if that's what you want and that's what you want to earn, earn it. Okay, that title, whatever you want, but make sure it's for you. And that's the most important thing to say is like, yeah, if you want to go to that big university, go to it, but earn it for you and make sure it gets to you where you want to be. And that's your goals. That's you betting on yourself. But if you get the title because of social pressure, like I get called the CEO. I don't consider myself a CEO. Okay. I consider myself a kid who's passionate about pursuing what he wants and making a better world and making sure I'm doing it the best way I can. And that's all that matters. If I was CEO or assistant janitor, if I'm give me whatever title I need, I just want to do that. And, and that's where it is. If you want the big, 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 big university, big title, make sure it, it it's, 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 you're doing it for you. And, and that's kind of my view. Like for me, the best impact I can make on as many people as possible. So if CEO is a title that brings me there. I am there. And that's it. And I think that's what's important is like, if you're going to get those titles, earn it for you, ignore everyone else. And that's a big, big, big thing. Um, when I try to get things because other people want me to get it, or, or I'm little people, I, 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 sit down, I sit back pretty empty inside. Um, you know, whenever it's my parents, like I dated a girl, I'll be honest, for two and a half years because I thought it'd make my parents happy. Um, you know, because she, but but I, I, I spent two and a half years in a relationship thinking like, why the heck am I dating her? Like, like um, it sounds kind of funny, but like that's a great example of you doing something to make other people happy and you're sitting back being miserable, okay? Versus now I'm doing things where I bet on myself and I am the most happiest I've ever been in my life because I'm earning it for me. Every title, everything I get is for me and showing that I'm the person that can get exactly what I want in life. So that's what my bet. If you want the title of the university, do it for you. <laughs> like do it for you and earn it and prove it to yourself that you are good enough for that. And that's what I have to say. And if you're not, brush your shoulder. If they tell you you're not, know you are and prove it another way. Um, and, and that's my view on everything. It's like you're betting on yourself every day and you're choosing to earn what you want and earn your title and you're doing it for yourself. As a young person, the sooner you realize that, the better you'll be. Yeah. Okay. So since we're almost out of time on this episode, do you have any other final thoughts you would like to share? Um, in the comment section, send a lot of memes. I, I love when people send memes. I'll send some back and uh, we'll have a blast. I think since some of them, um, when we post these, like some of the comment sections are turned off. For this one specifically, I will turn the comments. Okay, if I start seeing memes, let me know and I'll start sending some back. Um, we're here for the memes, guys. Remember that. So that's why we're all here, actually, right? <laughs> well, thank you, Jonathan, so much for joining us today. This has been such a pleasure and educational experience. I really appreciate you sharing your failed relationship advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, your talk on the Yeehaw coin and just overall <laughs> advice and words of wisdom. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I uh, hope it was helpful in <laughs> my failed relationship. <laughs> <laughs>
podcast aimed to educate teens on cryptocurrency and financial literacy. Each episode features thought leaders in the crypto and blockchain industry or inspiring entrepreneurs from the business world who share their career journeys and words of wisdom for teenagers. I'm Abigail Lee, the host of this podcast series, the founder of CryptocurrencyTeens.com and a junior in high school from New York City.